This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning, y'all. This is Colleen Dieter and the Horticulture Hangover Show. Um, Leah is out today. She has a horticulture hangover. She um, bought too many plants. She was working on a a big project for one of her customers this week and didn't get them planted. So she's planting this morning instead to try to finish up that project so the plants aren't just sitting out uh, needing water. Because, you know, when they're in the pots from the nursery, they need a lot more water to keep them alive than they do when they're in the ground. And the ground is surrounding that root ball and protecting it. So she's planting this morning. So I'm here. And I hope you'll call or text me with your gardening questions. 512-836-0590. And I'm Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. And um, this week I have been helping some customers who are do-it-yourselfers. I help my customers by alleviating their anxieties about their yard. Um, And these customers I had yesterday, I saw them about five years ago and they implemented a bunch of the plans that I gave them and it was looking really beautiful. But at this point, um, after, you know, like three to five years, usually uh, native and well-adapted landscapes can sometimes start to look a little overgrown. If you're successful and the plants do well, um, they start kind of growing into each other. They start getting big and um, touching each other. And this time of year, in October is when the uh, plants have reached their biggest size, you know, their maximum size at this time of year. So it's a good time to look at the garden and figure out if, you know, there's things that need to be moved on plants that might need to be divided. And we already have a caller on the line. This is Jeff uh, from Round Rock. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good. Um, we uh, we got a house with a, a fence that's got kind of a busy intersection behind it. Oh. And uh, we put up a trellis, and I was going to put a vine there to let it grow up a little higher so we didn't see all the tops of the cars going back and forth. And then uh, we started debating, like, well, we want something that's native. We've been here for 20-something years, but uh, you know, we've planted some things that, got killed in the drought this summer. We're like, oh. before we plan anything else, let's talk to an expert about what can be up there, preferably non-deciduous, but yeah. um, there's something that's going to grow decently fast and give us some sort of like a cover over the top of that wall Okay, and live in this, this weather we've been having the last few years. Is it uh, full sun or shade or? Uh, <clears throat> this one spot is... Uh, it's kind of under a tree. Okay. So it's not full sun. Okay. Okay. My top choice would be cross vine um, because it can handle a mix of sun and shade um, okay. and does fine in either. Um, and it's native and it blooms twice a year with beautiful 
like apricot color f- flowers, kind of orangey flowers. Right. And um, the only thing is it takes a little while for it to get established. Uh, so it may not grow a whole lot in the first year. But then usually year two and year three, they grow really fast and they're evergreen. Okay. Yeah, I, I looked, looked into those. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that looked like it might be an option. Yeah. My wife was thinking about something maybe it didn't flower like a Boston ivy. Uh-huh. I think that's, I know that's deciduous up north. I didn't know if it would even survive the winter heat down here. It um, generally doesn't. Um, we have something similar. Uh, Virginia creeper would be a good choice, but they do leave, lose their leaves in the winter. Um, okay. And they appreciate some shade. They can't do full sun, but if you have, sounds like you have some shade. So um, I really like the Virginia creeper a lot. Uh, it depends on the kind of trellis too that you have because some kinds, because uh, some kinds of vines they have different ways of climbing, and so the like the cross vine is a twining vine, so it the stems wrap themselves around something, so they need like wire to climb on. But um, the Virginia creeper has like little suction cups that can grab on, so they're better on like. Uh, solid surfaces okay yeah yeah i got one that's like a half inch wide slat uh-huh made out of like pvc because i wanted one that was a little bit taller i see yeah yeah you just have to if you get the cross vine you'll want to make sure that it can like kind of twine around between the slats yeah it can kind of grab on too but it does better if it has like something like wire to grab onto. Okay. Yeah. And is it okay to plant them this time of year? Yes. I mean, I'm sorry to think about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. as soon as I get that thing planted, we'll have one of those weird freezes and then I'll start all over again next now, year. No, it's a good time for both of those plants can tolerate cold. So the freezes are not a problem for them. And um, getting them in the ground now is really good because they'll have a lot of time to get their roots established before it gets hot. Okay. Yeah. That's great. That's, and we got to figure out, we got to get this going now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Get to it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Get to planting. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you. Good for luck. Your All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Next up, we have Brenda in South Austin. Hi, Brenda. Hi. Uh, eager to talk to you. It's been uh, so long since I've been able to tune into your show. Oh. Um, Yes. Uh, let me preface this by saying I have a husband that's eager to chop stuff down. Okay. Okay. So we have the red tips that are about 12 foot high, and then we have them about 2 foot high. So I'm afraid that and Big Brush is coming along on Monday, and I'm afraid that he's going to whack the whole thing down. So how do we manage all the leaves are brown, totally, from the drought? So how do we manage? Okay, if all the leaves are brown from the drought on red tip photinias, um, it's possible that the whole plant is dead. So you'll want to check to see if they're even still alive. Um, uh, and to do that, what you want to do is see if the twigs are flexible at all. Um, okay. If you bend the twigs and they just break, 
that means that they're dead. And, okay. and you can also use like your thumbnail to just gently kind of scrape away some of the bark on some of the um, kind of medium sized branches to see if it's green underneath um, or if it's brown. And if it's brown, okay. that means it's dead. Um, red tips are really susceptible to a lot of diseases, but especially they have, get a fungal disease in their roots called, uh, what's it called? Leaf spot. Um, and uh, it can wipe out whole hedges like that. So it's possible. Oh. Yeah. So it, it's really common. It's a really common problem for them to just drop dead. Oh, so, so. Um, if we do trim them, should we go from the brown to the green and trim it up to the green? Like, let's say it's green up to five foot high. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you could um, really with the red tips, You, I think you can trim them however you want <laughs> um, because they're kind of low value plants and they're invasive here. So they... Um, they make berries and then the birds spread the berries into wild places and they're they're not native to North America. So, um, and they, they pop up in wild places and uh, cause problems with our local ecology. So to me, I think it's fine to just cut them however you want um, because oh, they're low value. So yeah. Where, yeah. where are they native from? They're from, I believe they're from Asia. Well, of all things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, brought here for all the reasons that we like them because they are pretty when they look good. They're really pretty and they're evergreen and they have beautiful flowers So they and they grow fast to make a good hedge. Um, you know, they're great for privacy and stuff like that. Privacy, but, yeah. yeah. A little yeah. bit of shade. Yeah. But, um, you know, they have all these problems with diseases and... Uh, uh, the drought can be really hard on them, and um, so, and then they're invasive. So, yeah. So, um, I say go ahead and chop them however you want. And um, it sounds like they might be—they're in pretty bad shape anyway, and you might need, need oh, to take off horrible. the dead parts. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might need to remove the dead parts anyway. So, yeah. um, so go for it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Brenda. Yeah, there's certain plants where uh, it's definitely fine to get to chopping. Um, but there's a lot of plants, you know, where you want to be a little more careful. Uh, and uh, some of the more valuable native plants, you know, of course, like big shade trees like oaks and stuff like that need, you know, really careful trimming and um really careful pruning, but things like uh, red tip photinias, uh, nandinas, and your, uh, also the regular photinias, the ones that aren't red tip, just the Chinese photinias, and the uh, ligustrums, of course. Do whatever you want. Uh And they're all looking pretty rough. The nandinas are doing okay, but boy, oh boy. Between the cold and the drought, the uh, ligustrums and the photinias around town are looking pretty awful. And it really goes to show that planting native plants is a good choice uh, with 
the weather around here. So now we're going to go to a break, y'all. See you after the break. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Okay, good morning, everyone. We're back. I'm Colleen Dieter, Dieter with ATXGardens.com. And uh, we have another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Uh- is this, this is Don. Is that, am I on the air? You are, Don. Hi, how are you? Oh, good, good. How are you, Colleen? Good, good. Uh, I was uh, going to ask you a question based on your visit a few months ago. Oh, great. Yeah, and I was going to recommend anybody that that cares to have some great advice on their trees and their gardens and their yard in general to get a hold of Colleen and utilize her consulting service because I thought there's a lot of value there. Oh, thank you so much, Don. I really appreciate that. It was great meeting yeah. you. One of the uh, things that we talked about were the big potted boxwoods back around my pool. Oh, yeah, I remember. And I've got a crew come in this weekend, and I think you said to pull them out and cut about half the root ball back. Yeah. And so my question is, okay, we're going to do that. You also need to cut the foliage back. And how much? Um, You can if you want to. You don't have to. Um, If you want to control their size. I think it would be smart if you did in your case, Don, because I remember them uh, that they were really full and kind of like maybe just about starting to get maybe a little too big for the uh-huh. scale of the pot to look good. So right, yeah, so right. you could cut the tops too. Um, and I think on the on the bottom part, on the roots, uh, uh-huh. you can take like a thir- about a third off. A third, okay. Half, half is a little much. Um, okay. So yeah, take a third so then you can fit them back in the same pot and get new potting soil to freshen it up in there yeah well, that was my other question should mm-hmm. we get rid of the soil that's in there or just amend it with new you need new you should uh take out as get much as you can yeah yeah and get new potting soil for sure okay yeah yeah it needs to Do be you refreshed have a favorite of, it, of that um you know uh there's a lot of really good ones now i i like the gardenville kind a lot um and then uh the kind that geo growers make, it's called um, Thunderhead. Uh-huh. Uh, Thunderhead potting soil is really good too. Um, but I've heard good things about some of the Fox Farm products as well. Okay. So I think I think you'll be in good shape with any of those. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last question. Yeah. You'd also said that uh, a bit to uh, uh, trim back our sage by about half. Yes. Is this a good time to do that? Sure, you could do it now, but it won't grow very much um, through the winter because they're about to go dormant. Um, uh-huh. So it's a better time to do it. Yeah, I think it's better to do it in late winter, like uh, late February and early March, um, uh-huh. to do it then because then they'll grow right back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. so you won't be looking at like stubs the whole time, the whole winter. 
you know? Yeah, well, I'm going to have them get the dead out and yeah. then maybe just kind of shape them a little bit. That's a great idea. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And like I said, I really appreciate your service and I'll have you back here uh, when it's time. Oh, and you said you're going to send some people by to harvest some seeds oh. from our exotic trees. I know. I want to get those um, big tooth maple yeah. seeds that you had. Yeah. I know. I've been thinking about that. I'm going to stop over to get them. Anytime. Oh, thanks, Don. That's all awesome. Right, we'll you all on the radio. So great to hear from you. Thanks so much yeah. for calling. You bet. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Oh, that was so cool. Thanks, Don. That was really neat of you to call. And we've got another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Denise. I am calling about uh, looking for an annual, a flowering annual that can take full sun that I can put in now and might look pretty until the first really hard freeze or, um, you know, I, I don't know if pansies can take full sun. I, that's the only thing that comes to mind is a winter flower. Yes, pansies can take full sun. I've had a lot of success with pansies and their little friends, violas. Um, I love violas. In fact, I'm glad you reminded me because I usually make a pot at this time of year. I'll pot up uh, a bunch of orange and purple violas for uh, Halloween time. Uh, that's a little tradition that I have. And another one you could try are snapdragons. Um, I've had some good experiences with snapdragons in the cool season. Um, How tall do those get? Well, there's different kinds. Um, and it's kind of hard to tell at the nurseries because they're not always labeled. Um, there's some types that are more like bedding plants that stay short, like just a kind of similar to, to pansies, you know, just a few inches tall. Okay. Um, but there are some types of snapdragons that are bred for cut, as cut flowers, and they get much taller. Okay. Um, so the snapdragons can be really nice at this time of year, too. Okay. Yeah. That's great. So, um, and the pansies will die back, but at what point will they start dying that I could expect them to no longer want to survive the winter. <laughs> um, if it gets, you know, if we have an average winter, they will go through the whole winter and they won't die until it gets hot um, in like mid-March. Um, okay. If it's exceptionally cold, you know, we've had three exceptionally cold winters in a row, they will get damaged. Um, and at that point, you can decide whether you want to trim them or just remove them. Um, so it varies a little bit, but um, but my bet is that you'd have pansies from now at least until January, um, oh, you know, fine. but yeah, I mean, before, prior to 2021, I mean, we'd plant pansies and have them all the way through until, you know, mid-March. Okay, so, that, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, how, what are their water needs? I, I've not ever grown pansies. You need to keep the soil moist like a wrung out sponge around them. Oh. Don't let them dry out. But if they're too soggy, they will rot. Okay. So, yeah, they're kind of a little bit, you know, they need they need some water. They can't dry out. You can definitely overwater them, too. Okay. So. Is there any other kind of annual that doesn't need to be kept moist because this is not in an area that gets regular water in it. Yeah, I no. water it once a week, but it mm -mm. it wouldn't get like 
I, I don't know if they would need more frequent watering or not based on the rain that we are getting currently. Um, no, the annuals all need a good amount of water. And Denise, we have got to go to the news. But thank you so much for your call. Welcome to the Horticulture Hangover on News Radio KLBJ. You're in the right place to get answers to all of your questions about your lawn, garden, trees, and more. Here are your hosts, Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Good morning. This is Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. Leah is out today, so it's just Colleen today. And um, I want to tell you about Central Texas Seed Savers Seed Swap that's coming up at the Austin Public Library Central Branch in downtown Austin, October 28th from 11 to 1. And it's just what it sounds like. It's going to be a bunch of people are going to bring seeds and we're going to share them with each other. And it's really fun. Get to talk with gardener, other gardeners about their successes with these plants. It's free, open to all. All are welcome. Um, And you don't have to bring seeds to participate. We have tremendous number of seeds Um, So it's fine to come and just take seeds if you don't have seeds. If you have seeds, please bring them. And all the leftover seeds will go into the Austin Public Library's seed collection. So come on down October 28th from 11 to 1. I'll be there um, leading leading the event with the librarians. It's going to be so much fun because I'm one of the founders of Central Texas Seed Savers. And it's a great way to share our special uh, Texas plants that are hard to find that you can't get anywhere else. So um, we're going to have a lot of vegetables, but also a lot of native plants too and um, all kinds of plants. And uh, if people bring the seeds, it's because they've been successful with them already. Um, So you know you're getting something good. So October 28th from 11 to 1, that's at the Central Library, downtown Austin, Central Texas Seed Savers. Okay. And uh, I got a text message here from someone asking, can dry molasses be effectively applied to Bermuda grass lawns now to improve soil? Thanks. Yes, you definitely can use molasses, dry molasses anytime. Um, It's always gonna improve the soil. You can do it any time of year. And um, there's not a lot of science to support uh, the effectiveness of dry molasses, but there is a lot of uh, anecdotal support from gardeners that I know and my own experience uh, to say that dry molasses is effective. And um, uh, the folk wisdom is that it even can help prevent uh, fire ants from taking up shop in your yard. So I like the dry molasses, you know, it's a carbon source for sure at the very least. So it's going to give a boost to all the soil microbes are going to eat it. So it's really good. Go for it. 
Um, another text here. Can I trim my rose bushes now? And the answer is no. Do not trim rose bushes now. It's too late. If you trim them now, it will stimulate them to grow. And then they will try to grow back. And that new growth will be really tender. And then when we get freezing weather in the winter, that new growth will be killed. And it's really hard on the plants. So the proper time to trim roses is January, February, um, right before spring. So uh, you can kind of remember trim roses around Valentine's Day. Okay. So yeah, don't do it in the fall. It's not good for them. Okay. And then I got a text from someone asking me to identify a plant. And that's usually more Leah's thing. I think um, they said, they sent me some pictures and they said this plant came out came from out of nowhere and it's really big. looks like it grew really fast. I think that is an empress tree, um, which are sort of unusual. You see them every now and then around central Texas, someone will have an empress tree and they do have a tendency to spread and come out of nowhere. And I think you're going to want to remove it from that flower bed because I don't think that you're gonna want a tree like that right up next to the house because they get to be fairly large, like uh, shade trees. So go ahead and take out that little empress tree from your flower bed. And um, just wanna remind you all, this is Colleen with the Horticulture Hangover and check out my website at atxgardens.com and we'll see you after the break. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. All right, we're back. Good morning. I'm back. This is Colleen. And um, we've got a call from Denise and Elgin. Denise, you're on the air. Hi, uh, thanks. I, I have another question for you. I'm working up here at the church in the gardens and we have, it looks like, a free uh, tree, maybe a mulberry that uh, the birds gave us. Uh-huh. And it's been cut down once, so the primary trunk of it is cut off, and it's got all of these limbs that are coming up uh, out of the trunk below the cut. Yeah. Is this a tree that will ever be a shade tree, or will it always look odd because it has all of these limbs that are coming out of the trunk it's always gonna have you know those limbs coming out of the trunk but you can select just a few of them like if there's 10 of them for example you could cut off a bunch of them this winter um and train it to just have a you know maybe three trunks or even one trunk if you wanted to Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and they because they're fruit trees, you can really trim them however you want. Um, you know, okay. you can't do that. You can't do that with oaks or bigger shade trees, but with a mulberry, you definitely could. Okay. 
And, and the boxwoods have taken a real beating where they are almost entirely brown. Should I cut off all the brown, or is there any chance that some of that brown will uh, put out new leaves once they're taken care of and cooled off? Usually on the boxwoods, if the leaves are brown, that means that part is dead and you just cut those dead branches off. Okay. Yeah, and you can kind of tell, again, like sometimes the leaves might, it might just be the leaves and the branches might be still alive. So if you can, if the branches are still flexible, that usually means they're still alive. Um, But if they're not flexible and they're brittle and they just break, that means they're dead. So just cut those parts off. Oh, it seems to be that they're flexible. Okay, you could see. Yeah. Thanks so much for your help. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Denise. Happy gardening. Thanks. Okay, and then we've got Bobby with a question about roses in McLennan County. Hi, Bobby. You're on the air. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I inherited uh, some roses that I think are called rambling roses. They put out long canes. Okay. Would that be... Would that be what they are? Yeah. Okay. So, um, they're, neither one of them are in the right place. Okay. And so in the spring, I'll probably move them if that's the best time. But, I mean, is the only thing to do with them to put them on a trellis or a wall? Yeah, usually with those kind of rambling roses, or sometimes people call them cane roses, um, you can, yeah, you can put them sort of next to a trellis or a wall and then tie them uh, and train them up onto it. Sometimes people use them as ground covers, um, but they don't always work great if they have really long canes. It depends on what varieties they are. Um, every now and then you'll see ground cover roses, uh, but these are long. Yeah, they're long. long. I think, yeah, if they're long and thick, I think you'd be better off training them onto a trellis or a wall. And, um, you can transplant them anytime between now and, um, March 15th. Uh, you could transplant them in the winter. That's fine. Yeah. Fall and winter is a really good time for transplanting. Would there be any cons to putting them uh, against a brick wall? No. Does it damage the wall any? I mean, it, no. does it cause problems? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think you'll have any trouble with that. And um, the only thing is trying to secure them to the wall to train them to stay up. You'd have to figure out a way to get them to stay stay in place the stems to stand up and stay where you, where you want them to stay and um, so sometimes people will with a brick wall it's a little bit hard because you've got to like consider gluing a hook to the wall or drilling into it um, yeah. to get them to stay so that's that's the downside there and probably not like a nine foot tall trellis that just has a pole on the side yeah you definitely could use a trellis i think if you put if you put them in front of the brick wall and then you put a trellis up against the wall that would be optimal because then you could tie the canes to the trellis yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the best way to do it all right well i surely thank you sure thanks bobby thanks for your call
All right. All bye-bye. right. Great questions today, everybody. Got so many good calls and texts. Really awesome. Thank you. Um, let me see. I've got another text I think I can get to here. Um, and someone sent me a picture of some mushrooms growing out of the bottom of a nursery pot. And it says, morning, should I be concerned about these yellow mushrooms in my plumeria containers? And I'm going to say no. I think that's a good sign that you have some healthy soil in your containers. And it's 8.59, y'all, so I've got to go so that you can get to the news. This is Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. I'll see you next week. Thanks.